Hello and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the October 5th edition, 2020, <laughs> of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We always start off our show with a prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, uh, our world is being humbled. Uh, help us to be able to understand that there's no peace until we rest in you. Help us to be able to, on the soccer field especially, fight the uh, negativity of racism and uh, and hate. Uh Help us to be able to deal with the challenges of nature when we're dealing with this COVID crisis and the hurricanes that keep battering us. And um, and please just help us um, to be able to keep this game intact so we can so we can help society move into a different direction and help each other cope through the natural disasters that we're experiencing. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I don't know if y'all been uh, looking at our Facebook page, but we get a lot of attention about uh, um, um, one of our listeners reached out to us about an incident that they had um, with another team uh, where racial slurs were prevalent and where it just got out of control. And uh, we're going to be talking about that in our next segment. And uh, I highly encourage you to stay tuned for that. Uh, but we want to tell you that we're on the air right now, thanks to the support of Club Soccer. Club Soccer is right across the street from Lafayette Park. And uh, they are right now a godsend for especially all of you high school coaches who didn't know whether or not you were going to have a season. And so you held off on ordering equipment. And now all of a sudden you got to get equipment and you got to get it yesterday. And um, I was able to get uniforms for a team that I didn't even know was going to exist, a, a U8 team and a U16, I Soccer Innovations. And within a week, I had uniforms on these kids. Okay, not just any uniforms, but a good kit, uh, not those cheap uniforms that are out there that you can get for $3 a uh, shirt, and, but a nice set of uniforms for a really good price, well-screened, and uh, we looked sharp out there, and the kids felt very important. And, and they bent over backwards for us. Customer service is their hallmark. Um, and I, I ask that uh, maybe you just uh, mentioned that I sent you there, but give them a shot, especially if you're in a pinch, and uh, and and see how they can they can help you uh, get out of that pinch quickly. So again, that's Club Soccer on Veterans Boulevard, right across the street from Lafayette Park. Okay, everybody, we're getting close to high school. And I've been warning you about the field availability. I've been fighting that fight. Right now, uh, we have no confirmed games uh, in the city of New Orleans on our parks. I have no confirmed games as to – I know when I want to play the games – but I'm still waiting for word as to whether or not we'll even have the field. So uh, it's, it's, uh, right now we're finally going into phase three in Orleans Parish. So I'm hoping that we can move beyond that. But the rest of y'all, y'all are past this. And uh, hopefully your field availability is no big deal. But now we're hearing rumblings that a lot of the coaches aren't taking their tests. You still have to go through that online clinic. You got to go to LHSAA online. 
And uh, and then you have to have your password that your athletic director can give you if you don't have it. But you got to take the online clinic before the 15th. If you don't get that done before the 15th, your school's going to get fined. And there's nothing that, that'll, that'll <laughs> end your program faster than unnecessary fines for red cards and for just missing a clinic, okay? So it's really a simple deal. Um, it's not that much time off of your plate, and uh, and actually it might help you have a refresher as to what's what's going to be allowed this year and what's not going to be allowed this year. Okay, so go to LHSAA online if you're a coach or, uh, or you're a team manager and get your coach to do that and get that stuff taken care of because, hey, high school is 20 days away. It's unbelievable, okay, that, that we're getting that close to it when we're only in the second week of American football. So it's kind of surreal. And, of course, right now we're sitting sitting here in New Orleans looking at a hurricane now that's, that, that's staring straight at us. Okay, the last time that happened, it moved to Mobile, and uh, and my heart feels for all those people in Mobile and uh, Pensacola. And if you listened to our show last week, we reached out again to Lake Charles. Our Archbishop went there this weekend, and uh, it's very, very important, everybody, that we don't forget Lake Charles. They have they – have <laughs> years to go to get back to normal. We, All you in New Orleans, you understand that. And um, so we can't forget them, especially if we get smacked in the mouth this weekend. So it looks like a lot of our soccer activities this weekend are going to be for naught, unless this storm hopefully dissipates the way Lily dissipated a few years back. And uh, right now it's looking pretty scary. And uh, uh, we're looking at moving our football games to midweek and hunkering down for the weekend. So let's see what happens. But uh, uh, it was nice this weekend, this past weekend, with this beautiful weather to play some good soccer. Okay, it was awesome to play. The kids just enjoyed it. There's no way to duplicate gameplay on a practice field or in a scrimmage field at that. When you get out there and you're playing kids you've never seen before, you have the parents screaming and yelling and uh, for their kids, and uh, it was it, it's really a whole lot of fun. Uh, my kids are having a blast, and I hope that yours are too. Okay, well, we're going to take this break and pay some bills. This isn't free, you know. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Coach Kenny Michael uh, from Laugh at Laugh. I always call the fire laughing. You're sorry about that, all you autumn people. But uh, one of the laughing year, um, here I go again, one of the Louisiana fire coaches on Monday Night Football, you watch for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. Welcome yeah. to the show, Coach. Thank you. All right, just for some background, first of all, how long have you been coaching? Well, actually, I've been uh, I'm the team manager of this soccer team. I've been coaching baseball for a long time, but not soccer. But okay. I am the team manager of this particular soccer team. All right, so how, how long how long do you think you've been involved in athletics overall? Oh, gosh. I mean, the playing days and everything since I was four, so, you know, 42 years. Um, <laughs> but I've been coaching... Um, off and on since I was 21 years old. So I'm 46 now, uh, so 25 years. Okay, well, I've already prepared the audience for what we're going to be talking about. In your experience, has that ever happened in those all those years before that, before two weeks ago? We've, you know, over the course of my days, I've, maybe when I was younger, but never was it ever really brought out into the open and to my knowledge i don't remember any of my teammates experiencing anything like we experienced uh two weeks ago 
All right, so in your own words, could you tell everybody what happened? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we we were playing this team from Hattiesburg, and uh, as part of the Mid-South Conference, which is a regional league as part of the U.S. Youth Soccer, um, we have played them. This is our fourth time as a part of this league playing this team. And in the past, we've heard one or two stories, but well after the game, maybe even the next day, about some comments that were passed from their players to ours. Um, but the player wasn't really all that overly concerned about it and actually sort of laughed about it, so we didn't pursue it. Well, this particular day, two weeks ago, we're playing this team. It's a very physical game. We're always physical with them, uh, but they were beating us 2-0. Um, and we were just – it was just a normal game. Well, at some point – you know, we start seeing them do some things that start raising eyebrows. Um, and at one point, we at the end of the game, we get a player injured in the box. Um, referee calls the coach out to tend to the player. Well, he then goes over to the sideline by the AR to discuss whether or not this was a PK penalty or, or whatever. Well, the team starts talking to our player and telling him to get up. He's faking. They call him names. Uh, one of our players, my son, actually goes over and tells him, you know, pushes him away and say, get away from our player and stop talking to him. And they keep going back at him. And another one of our players, a young black man, comes over and says, hey, get away from our player and stop talking to him. And, and that's when they said, hey, yo, you know, put your glo- put your effing Glock in your pocket is what they said, um, you know, without the. the right, right, but they said, right. Put your put your Glock in your pocket. And, and that's when my son went after him, after that player, and, you know, was just, hey, you can't talk to my, son, my player like that. You cannot talk to my teammate like that. That's racist. And at that point, the AR and the referee came running over to separate them. And they're pulling my son away. And he's like, hey, he said a racist comment. He can't talk to my teammate that way. Um, well, at one point there, then the players started to separate a bit. And one of the players was walking off and, uh, again, out of the referee's earshot, apparently, said, you know, hey, these N-words need to calm down as he's walking away. And that's when another one of our young black players just went off and was basically just had had enough, couldn't couldn't handle it. And was really he was trying to to go at them and he had to be restrained by our coach. And then his mother came out. Um, we later find out that earlier in the game they had called him a jigaboo, which isn't is like who in the world uses that word anymore. Um, so it was just all game long that we didn't know about. And then even another point in the game earlier, one of our young Hispanic players, uh, they called him a dirty Mexican and spit on him. One of their players did. And out of out of the shot or or vision of anybody, none of us knew this. No parents, the referee, nobody. We found out about it later. Um, at the end of the game when all the, the hell broke loose. Um, so this was not the first time with this team, but it was by far the worst we had experienced with this team. And uh, I guess it just hit a fever pitch, and our boys were not going to take it anymore. And and that's kind of how it went. Um, that was the day of the game. And our, the poor kid that went after him was hyperventilating. He couldn't breathe. You know, I mean, he was just that upset and that distraught. I mean, it was a bunch of kids crying over it. Uh, it was just bad. All around. Well, I tell you what, though the result of it, uh, from what I saw, is pretty good. How did your team rally around each other? Well, we rallied. We, you know, we um, <clears throat> every kid that was involved directly had to, to put a statement out 
recounting what happened, that we put a formal complaint in with USYS and Mid-South. But in addition to that, they came together and wrote a, basically a unified statement um, to submit as part of this protest that, you know, we as a team are not going to not ever going to let this happen and they won't be silent. Uh, they had T-shirts made that basically say, um, you know, no racism in soccer and hashtag stop the hate and on the back it has their team name um and it just says la fire strong on it and that has become their pre-game warm-up shirts that they wear that before every game when they warm up um we got a banner made that says the same thing no you know no racism in soccer and hashtag stop the hate um and we we put that up at every game now so all the players involved know their eyes are wide open now they, they realize this, you know, this situation, they've seen it in person. And what's beautiful about it is every single one of them to a young man says, we're not standing for that. If that happens again, uh, you know, we're going to, as a group, we're going to protest. We're going to walk right off the field. Um, and we'll just stop any game that ever, that ever happens. And again, it's like, I've been fighting this battle for years. If uh, y'all been listening to the show and it's always been bad. And what I've always done was teach the kids how to deal with it, to play within it, and try to prove with a higher standard of behavior that all their stereotypes were wrong and maybe gain gain um, some social, ed- like educate the people who were racist to how wrong they were and their stereotypes. But this, the way y'all handle it right now and the way y'all handling it right now, it looks like we're going to the next level. Um uh, do you think that this has had an effect um, on the on on that team that y'all played, or or uh, or what? Of course, that's well, just your opinion. I will tell you that it. We got we got word that one of the kids, the kid who made the the Glock comment, um, admitted to it and wanted to apologize to whoever he said it to. Um, you know, at at the time, and and we just told them, hey, that's great on him. Um, that's not enough because that was just one comment that wasn't even close to the worst comment. So until the other boys step up and want to do it with him, you know, thank you, but no, thank you. Um, but that's, but we were clear that, Hey, that's great on him. Um, but so maybe to some extent it has had an effect on at least one of them because he wanted to step up and apologize. Um, you know, and if it will, if that carries on and that carries over to his teammates, we're big enough to, to say, okay, let's, let's meet, you know, and let's make this happen. Uh, but one kid apologizing at this point right now is just, it's not satisfied. That's not enough for us. Um, and, and we're going to hold them to that. And if they want to do more, then great. We'll talk. Where's, where's their coach in all of this? Like what happened after the game with the <laughs> handshakes? The, well, the, with the two coaches, uh, to be honest with you, I believe that they were both in shock as to what happened. Um, our coach was unaware of it because he was helping the player off the field that got hurt um, until all until all heck broke loose. And then he came back out and he was trying to restrain that one player. Um, and and when he found out later that just the detail and the extent that it went to, he was so upset, like visibly. I mean, he, he had a conversation with the boys and, and a meeting with the boys and, and every account is that he got really emotional. Um, you know, at the time, I don't think the coaches really knew the extent of what happened. Um, and they were just trying to get their players and everybody off the field without any further incident. All right. Um, well, that's a relief. Cause I was hoping 
that that wasn't gamesmanship that they learned from him, but you think it could have been gamesmanship they learned from other coaches in the past? It's possible, I, I think. And, and look, there's gamesmanship in every in every sport, um, and usually they're going to try whatever they can to get in your head. This didn't feel like that, and it never has felt like that. It, it, these, um, this particular team, we've had several years of experience with. They're always just nasty when it comes to that type of stuff. Um, generally speaking, we're beating them pretty good, so we we chalk it up to that. But this particular time, we were not. Um, so I, I really don't know. I feel like it's more than that with this team. I really do. And I, now, since I've gone public with this story, I'm getting other word from other people that talk about that club at different age groups and even different genders having similar issues. Okay, that's that's really what I'm worried about. How many? How much of this do you think is brought on just from kids bringing it from their houses? I think a lot of it, let's put it this way. The one kid that used the word jigaboo, there's no shot a 15-year-old know what that knows what that is unless he's hearing it at home because that's just not a word that's used anywhere anymore. They don't use it in rap music. They don't use it anywhere else. That I mean, look, my son listens to a lot of that nonsense, and I don't hear that word ever. Um, so he that had to come from the house. The rest of it. The rest of it could be just normal, you know, in society where they might hear it in a song, in a TV show, in a movie, you know, whatever. But th that one particular one, I certainly think that that's a learned um, something from home. Well, I'll tell you, I, in the last five years, I never thought I'd have to punish a, 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 a black person for saying the N-word. And, and, of course, they explain that it's the way it's said, whatever. But I keep trying to explain to them that when a white racist hears that – then uh, then they think it's okay, <laughs> you know, right. and, and they're using it from a different context. But it, I think it's, to me, y'all uncovered layers of racism. I, I think the racism is complicated. Uh, uh, when I first started coaching Hispanic players at Soccer Innovations, um, uh, I had to get through the internal racism between the Mexican players and the Honduran and Nicaraguan uh -huh. players uh -huh. and uh, and try to explain to them that, you know, the teams that they were playing, you know, stereotyped them all as the same race and same. It's just, you know, right. it's something we're going to be fighting, I think, to the end of time. But I think in this generation, at this time, and especially this last six months, this it's just unconscionable that this could happen, you know, that blatantly. Well, and I agree with that. And the sad part is, is that there's going to be, they've basically been giving no sanctions or anything like that from, uh, from USYS or the Mid-South Conference. They got a warning. Um, and, I, and that's really unfortunate because we were the first team to ever complain against them. And because there was no direct correlation or direct, um, the referee didn't hear the words directly or the comments directly. They basically had nothing they could go on to suspend them. Although we did point out that the director of coaching and the coach and that one player admitted to the comment of the Glock in your pocket. They still just gave them a warning and said any further complaints and they'd be removed from the league. Okay. So um, there was, I mean, this was a league game. There wasn't linesmen. No, there were. There were lot. There were ARs. I'm telling you, these kids are smart. They, the, the spitting and the incident where the one player spit on our young Hispanic player and called him a dirty Mexican. He, the, our player said he turned around and looked and made sure that there was nobody watching. Okay. So they're 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 smart. They're doing this deliberately. Yeah, and that's where I I throw in gamesmanship. 
And I've coached, you know, many games where it was done on purpose and I warned the team beforehand on purpose. But, right. you know, your incident is just making me start to think that, you know, maybe it's just time to walk off the field, you know? Yeah. Uh, it might, we might be at that point right now. Well, you know, you know it, it, I agree with that. And, and watching the uh, the San Diego Oil um, team do that last week uh, in response to the homophobic comments that were made um, set in a precedent, a tone um, that, that I think will be what's followed, you know, and, and we're going to be working out some sort of a situation with our boys where if it happens in a game like that, they're going to have a code word. And if that code word is, is uttered out loud, then one of our players, the captain or whatever, is going to be instructed to go talk to the referee and let them know what's happening. And if it happens again, then we all take a knee. And, and they when they start kick the ball out, we all take a knee and walk off. All right. Well, one, um, I'm just thinking out loud again. Um, my experience with U.S. soccer, not the high school game as much right. as, the, as, the, as the club game, is right. that it's very they, – they try not to even – tread on morality is very amoral and uh, of course you can't pick religious values to promote but i think i think the whole idea of respecting another human being's right to exist is not even just a religious value it should be a civic value as well and, right. and, and but but i find that you know there's there's a lot when you're teaching kids how to game do gamesmanship okay that you're just trying to get in their head and 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 you're and you really don't mean it you're just trying to see if you can get their goat and all well then you know what kind of message does that send to a kid especially as he launches or she launches into the real world and and, um, uh, so i'm wondering how much the tolerance from u.s soccer is coming to bite them now with that that's a good question and they're the core values listed on the website of usys um they put an asterisk next to the ones that are most important, and that's what it says on their website. And three of the core values are, you know, inclusive, inclusion, diversity, and respect. And those are three that are that are asterisk next to them. And those are all three that are violated in this situation. And you know, clearly, and they did not, nothing on it at this point. Um, right. You know, so it's and it's in their core values. It says it in their core values. Treatment treating players with respect and and it doesn't say anything about racial you know slurs or anything like that but it's clearly implied so where do you think we need to go from here well you know what i think what we need to do is people just need to have their eyes open and not tolerate it and understand that if it happens whether it's to you or a teammate you can't let it stand you've got to stand up for it and i don't advocate violence and i wouldn't and i've had to tell my son that you are not going to fight on the field over this you're going to get your teammate you're going to you're going to grab him by the shoulders and you're going to just walk off the field together you know and and that's that's the better answer i mean some of these kids may need to get their butts kicked but that's not that's not you can't fight eight with eight no no, I yeah, I th- that just spirals things in another direction. That's very exactly. wrong too, right? Exactly. And we all know in soccer that it's never the first offense that gets noticed by the ref; it's the retaliation. Yeah. So and so that's so, why it's taught. Honestly, I, I've right. I've actually listened to coaches tell their players that, like, I, I don't care what it takes. I want you to foul him in the first sixty seconds of the game, and and get get his rise him up and see if he retaliates so you can get a red card. I mean, right. there have been national teams that played with that philosophy, you know? Yep. And I think those days maybe need to go. Yeah, yeah. Win it on the field. 
Amen. Well, you know? Mr. Michael, I appreciate you coming on the, on on the show. I know this uh, took a lot of courage for you, and uh, and uh, maybe this this show and your post on Facebook. Uh, I think if people really take the time and listen to it, and we have a big audience, uh, maybe maybe we could start changing things one game at a time. I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate the time for you as well. All right. Well, God bless you, and I hope to see you on the field one day. All right. You got it. Same here. Thank Alrighty. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. What an interview. It's a, it's a lot to think about. Uh, maybe we've just come to the time. This, these are the, these are 2020 is a time of change and it's starting to make me question whether or not I should be teaching my kids just to ignore the, the, the hateful comments as gamesmanship and all the uh, tugging and, and kicking and spitting. And maybe we should just do what he says. Take a knee. I tell you what, I don't have an answer right now, uh, but it, uh, this whole incident's got me reflecting uh, as to whether or not we need, we just need to get to that level. I'd like to know what all of y'all think. Honestly, I like to this not for this not to be only on this show. Um, so contact us at Monday Night Football. That's uh, on Facebook. That's at M N F U T B O L, or on Twitter at M N F. Uh, football F-U-T-B-O-L and maybe um, if you want to see his original post it's on our Facebook page and maybe you could share it it's been shared multiple times and and uh, I don't really want to get after like attacking this this club in Mississippi because I've had this problem everywhere not you know so if you're from Mississippi please don't take this as an attack on you I've played very 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 respectful teams in Mississippi I go to Gulfport all the time uh and I've seen some good teams from Jackson and the showcase um so it's it's not a knock on Mississippi if anything Mississippi's taking brave and heroic actions to uh to, to move towards uh, a more harmonious state um, with their changing of the flag and whatnot, which I, ne- I thought I'd never see in my lifetime too. And so, you know, people thinking that the world's going to hell in a handbasket, I, I, I tend to disagree. I think, you know, we're going through some growing pains, but I think the outcome of all of this stuff, once we settle down and get some common sense infused into it all and, uh, and get some... Um, Mercy, but not only mercy, but like he said, Mr. Michael said, that there needs to be reconciliation, you know? Um, mercy doesn't require reconciliation, but at the same token, if if you don't admit that what you're doing is wrong, you're, you're going to tend to maybe do it again. And so uh, I think we're heading in that direction. Uh, and 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 so, look, Mondays are numbered. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing 60, uh, but I think, Things are looking very, very bright for the next generation because now we're just at the point where this has just got to stop, you know? So um, my hat's off to this team. My hat's off to all of the individuals who are not racist, who do not do gamesmanship-like things. And, hey, watch the pro game. Gamesmanship is done all all game long. You know, I I just have always been against it and I've always been chastised for it. But I I think – in this case, I'm vindicated. You know, I, I do not tolerate my kids gaming the game, okay? Uh, trying to tick people off, kicking the ball away, on a, standing in front of the ball during a free kick when when you're obviously stalling the free kick, when the team wants to take a free kick quickly. Um, we can go on and on. And, uh, uh, and the referees can't see it all, okay? They can't. They cannot. And 
And that's the frustrating thing about it. And so the retaliation usually gets called. So I teach the kids not to retaliate. And maybe if the retaliation is taking a knee, that that's going to cause some, some some things to go. My suggestions to all of y'all is if you're a coach, don't game the kids. Okay. If you're a player and your and your coach wants you to uh to to um use gamesmanship, maybe question that coach. Okay. Um one thing about the modern world is obeying orders is good, loyalty is good, those are good core values. But if you're but if you're leader is asking you to do something disrespectful or unlawful or immoral, that order sh should not be obeyed. That's the president of the whole Nuremberg trials after World War II. Um, so I teach social justice. I'm sorry if I'm turning in this to a social justice class, but but reality is, is that if somebody's asking you to do something, if my employer is asking me to do something that's against my moral fiber, I have a responsibility to disobey that order and just find another job somewhere else. Okay, so um, it's time for some bravery, I think. And I'm glad that he mentioned it's not a time for counter-violence, a counter-gamesmanship. Uh, that, that is just not a good thing to be doing and not a good thing to be teaching out there. Well, this show went a little bit longer than I thought it was, but I really like to hear what y'all have to say. I like to hear this conversation continue. If you want to be heard and you want to get on the show like Coach Michael did, uh, he reached out to me. That's how I found out about all this. Uh, reach out to me and let's put you on. If, if you have a differing opinion, let's hear about it. The thing is, disagreeing doesn't mean we have to hate each other. Oh, disagreeing means that we can grow. If there's two people with a totally different opinion about the same thing, maybe there's some truth in the middle, okay? Um, instead of turning each other off and hating one another, maybe we should just listen to each other. That's the basis of academic freedom. Uh, it's one of the things I love about um, the education I got at Loyola and the education I provide at De La Salle is that we allow academic freedom, okay? Uh, it's the only way to grow. And uh, it's the only way to really to, to be truly inclusive. So give it a try. Let's see if we can keep this conversation going next week on Monday Night Football. This is Coach Alan Ritter, and I wish you and your family the best. And, uh, and let's pray that this storm is, is um, a storm that we'll forget uh, in a week. God bless y'all. Take care. Carpe diem in Christ. Amen.